Well, we seem to be live now. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this this is episode 14 of Loose Learners on Radio Edgetalk. I am John Johnson and with me is Mariana Funis. Good evening and a happy new year, Mariana. Hi, good evening. And good evening to our million listeners. Yeah, well, <laughs> since the first tweet we mentioned about this was put out a half hour ago, I think it might be a quiet one. But <laughs> if you are listening and you want to add something to the conversation, you can just stick out a tweet with the hashtag Edutalk and we will try and, and pick it up. Um, both Mariana and I are teachers. Mariana works in higher education and I work in primary school. We're both very keen on using technology and the internet. And every week we try and think about the question, is the internet good or bad for education? And so far we've come up with the answer, short and sweet, yes. Um, we're here on the first Wednesday of each month at 8 o'clock usually. Uh, this is our first episode this year and we'll be back on the 6th of February. Then to start off, 19, sorry, 19, I was going to say 19, that's terrible. I've been writing 2018 in the blackboard all week, much to the disgust of uh, my class. Uh, the start of 2019, we're going to leave maybe our lighter topics of poetry and gifts behind. And tonight we're going to be thinking probably slightly above, certainly my pay grade, um, about the ethics of volunteer labour in education. Is volunteer labour good or bad for education? And what are the challenges of using volunteer labour for education? Now, when you think of, when I think of labour, I always think of maybe people carrying things on their back, Mariana. So <laughs> do you want to just give us what you, idea, this idea of volunteer labour in education? Do you mean people that come in and help in their children's schools as... Well, I, uh, the way that uh, I was thinking of it, and I think you know, I agree with you that uh, um, you know it's, it's slightly above our pay grade, in that uh, it's a complicated topic. But the whole notion, uh, the whole notion of uh, you know digital labour and whether it should be paid or whether it should be free, is really, I guess, at the basis of the of the idea of you know the the uh, open open online education versus the uh you know the, the paid side of it mm. i guess it's, it's it's open more i guess that free free versus 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 not i guess free as in beer or that kind of thing that people talk about but i think here what we were to- we, what, what i was thinking about and some of the things that we we've, we've been you know reading or, or trying to read because they are rather complicated uh, is really around the the what are the kind of hidden the hidden costs of uh, the kind of uh, free time uh, content production uh, support that uh, we offer each other as educators on things like Twitter, on things like Facebook, on things like you know social media, I guess generally, where we are doing a lot of the work that some might say should be done in the context of the formal system informally to help each other. And whilst that might be done in a, in a, in a positive and in a, in a, uh, in a way that says uh, we just want to help each other, uh, we are doing that work within the context of platforms that are profiting from that labor that we do for each other just for, for, because we care. 
and that's I guess those are the issues and those are the ethics I guess that are involved in it you know is it good or is it bad well it's both because um, you know depending on who, who you are looking at within the system uh, you could argue that the, the different actors within the system are more or less ethical um, but we're all participating in the same system to, so to some extent we are all uh, uh, colluding with a system that some might say is broken okay I mean does that make any sense? Do I understand any of what I've read? <laughs> it, it does, and I, I'm going to try and sort of bring it down to, to my level a wee bit, because I think we're touching on a few things that are important. Um, one is this idea of teachers paying for things, um, uh, or teachers selling things to other teachers, which is an interesting area. The other area is that... that the work that maybe educators do as agents of big companies. So, you know, if you're an enthusiast about a particular technology, you may be providing labour for the company that makes that technology um, for free. And because you're enthusiastic about a particular um, piece of tech or um, way of working, you you will be advocating for that um, and there's there's the whole formal system now around that uh, for most of the big companies have ambassadors uh, or um, you know distinguished educators or um, you know teachers who have even got qualifications from the companies that they, that they, they are not working for in a, a formal sense, but they are working for the providing digital labour. So I think that's quite interesting. Um, so there's quite a lot of things that, it, when you start talking about it or start reading about it, some of them are quite you know abstract. They're talking about labour, mm-hmm. and they're talking about you know, say big big data capitalism, for instance, or something mm-hmm, like this, which mm-hmm, uh, mm. begins to kind of dull my mind a little. But when I listen to you talking, then I can start thinking of practical examples. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the one of the people that I was reading, I'm not remembering the name, was talking about how often it's a question of what we emphasize and what we de-emphasize, and that when we emphasize the benefit of, say, something like the open web, let's just just mm. to use one term. Um, when we emphasize the uh, benefit of the open web to, uh, let's say, consumers, we are de-emphasizing the, often the hidden cost of producers. And I thought that was quite an interesting distinction because sometimes when you see, when you say, oh, but it's a really good thing, look what we can do, we can do this and we can do it's often about the sort of product. Mm-hmm. But what's hidden is who creates the product how and, and and whose time is it being used and how are we valuing the producers when they are you know and, and some of the examples that maybe we'll get if we get to read you know later uh, some of the quotes you know are about the people exactly what you say people who are really enthusiastic about something and they might spend hours you know coding uh, in their own time uh, doing something to develop a product is doing everything for free so they're producing a whole lot of something not getting paid for it it's often not even getting uh, a mention 
because what we're focusing on and what we are emphasizing is look at the benefits of the consumers. And I thought that was an interesting distinction. Does, mm. does it seem so? Yeah, oh no, I think it, and it, it, it's fascinating and I think we've probably all been in both sort of sides of that. You know, the, mm. if, if you're interested in education, you might be enthusiastic about a, a process or product uh, which somebody else is going to make and you say, this is great, you know, you should use x y and z um it's a super it's a super product and you're almost doing the the advertising for mm-hmm. for other mm-hmm. people but i mean i guess you do that if you tell your neighbor how good your lawnmower is or something um but, but there's more than that isn't there mm. because take take something like wordpress mm-hmm. i was thinking as, as, as i was trying to make sense of some of the more difficult texts that we, we we've started to look at for this topic uh, I was thinking about something as simple as, you know, um, you know, Alan, Alan Levine, mm-hmm. you know, he likes to make uh, new templates, WordPress templates, mm-hmm. and then he makes them available for everybody. So he's invested, if you really think about a specific example, invests a lot of time and then it's, a, but, but at some level, uh, Matt, who runs WordPress, is 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 basically profiting from his free time. Isn't yeah. It? Well, I mean, uh, something like WordPress I mean, is a really great example, and I mean, it's it's close to uh, to all of our hearts, I guess, and uh, and some levels of education uh, or techn- technological education, because it is this idea that it's this free and open source product, but people can make money out of it, um, mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. In, in in Scotland, we run um, a, a WordPress system for providing blogs and sites for every pupil and teacher in Scotland. But to keep that running, there are people working on it. The people mm-hmm. who've been paid to write code for it, there's been people paid who, to to maintain it and all the rest of it. So those people are making money off a free product. Um, mm-hmm. WordPress mm-hmm. is a free product and some of that may feed back. You would hope some of that will, f- will feed back um, into WordPress so that if something's created in Scotland that's useful, it will be fed back into the community. And I guess yeah. that that sort of... There's a, a, a very nice... Um, of, if You know, you can have a very utopian view of that, that everybody works together and makes stuff to help their situation... And that mm. feeds back into everybody else's, and we all share and learn together. Uh, mm. But I guess at some points, there's people who are making stuff and working hard and not getting so much of it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there are people who are quite legally reselling mm-hmm. these services or, you know, building things on these services to make, to make a living and they're not breaking any laws. But um, unless they're feeding back, uh, I think I'm not 100 percent sure because I've been we've been reading up a wee bit on this. If um, you can actually take a bit of code that somebody's written in WordPress because it should all be distributed under this GNU um, license, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you could sell that on to somebody else, uh, as long as you provide the source code with it, you're not actually breaking any law. Uh, 
but well, that, that's all. Know, the, that's all there. That, that that the different ways of describing what does it mean to mm. have something free to be free, right? Yeah. Which is, you know, is it is it openly available? Is not the same. You know, well, it might be o available in the open, but it's it's a separate thing whether you charge or whether you don't charge, and people fall in different categories mm. depending on, on that, which is what makes it even more complicated. So it's it's legal, as you say, for, it would be legal to. To make money, to make money out of, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and people don't mind about that. But I think it's also the, but but within that there is the bigger picture, which is, uh, you know, the the uh, the whole the whole way in which you know ultimately uh, there are people who are uh, benefiting from. Uh, the the labor of love that it might be uh, for somebody to like Alan to develop mm. uh, to develop a, a lovely new template and, and and yes he benefits yes he does it because of it but at the end of the day they you know there is a it's a lot of these people because a lot of these people that are doing the kind of critique they talk about the uh, you know how uh, what it is it's a kind of um, uh, a structural structural inequalities they call mm. them. It's a question of, you know, actually, uh, you are doing the stuff, you're doing it for free, you might be benefiting, but actually what you end up with is that uh, the, the, the people who are in power within an organization, like I was saying about Matt, you know, the, the running, running WordPress and various others, uh, they are actually profiting from you without you getting any, getting any kind of percentage of that. Hmm. Which then takes us to the notion of the teachers pay teachers and and all this other kind of middlemen, um, and I use that term purposefully. Uh, that are you know the platforms that are basically uh, well like Patron that we were just talking about before we came we came uh, on on air to say you know actually we set this up as middlemen and we will benefit from the work you do. Uh, you could argue they are offering something. But could you really argue that they are creating anything? I don't know. Well, <laughs> they're providing a providing a service, and I know. I mean, I think this is it's difficult. Um, one of the things that, that sort of greatly influences me is is back to Alan Levine again, who who um, takes a lot of photographs. He's, he's well represented in Flickr, and you know a successful photographer from that point of view it's lots of things that have been featured and all the rest of it and Alan I think now just has his photos all in the public domain mm -hmm. um, and one of the arguments he said well you know I actually enjoy taking them and sharing them and if somebody else can make some money out of them I don't really mind because I have not managed to do that I mean I think he does mm -hmm. occasionally mm -hmm. get paid to mm -hmm. take photographs but um there's this idea that maybe you just shouldn't worry too much um, mm -hmm. about somebody else making money off it. If if you can't, then maybe then making money at it will do you some good. I don't know. Uh, and the and the other side of that same argument is that by yeah. doing that, you're stopping people who actually would want to make money from making money. Uh, I suppose. Well, uh, <laughs> it's a really complicated. Yeah. Complex thing, and I do think that the you know adding the digital 
because uh, I think when you talk about labor as in the kind of physical, you know, the, 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 what you, what you do within a corporation, it's, it's much more, you know, because of the sort of, uh, it's a tangible thing. It becomes easier, I think, with the digital label because it enables so much. I think it, um, some people argue, uh, that, uh, all that the, the digital is doing is mirroring the, the capitalist system that we have, uh, elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Other people argue that uh, it's 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 different in nature, that it is qualitatively different, and and that often what it's doing is amplifying the worst elements. I'm not sure where I stand on that, but what I do see is that because uh, it enables us to interact globally and interact in so many different ways, it does create many more opportunities for people to find little pockets of things where they can, if they have a kind of uh, um, an ethical value system, they can maybe do things nicely, but also they can do things not nicely to just simplify, mm. uh, because the space is there to do it. Uh, and and there isn't a sense of what's legislated or not. Well, this is how we find in, find ourselves in this situation of what you were just calling earlier, the, the big data capitalism. It's, we are looking at it after the fact because there were a whole bunch of people who could profit. There were there was no legislation. There was nobody even understanding what the hell they were doing, and we find ourselves after the fact going, "Oops, hello, perhaps this wasn't a good idea." Hmm. <laughs> it enables, I think, you know, uh, because of we're not really sure of of where we stand in so many of the elements. So in little pockets, we do lovely things for each other. And then find, oh, look, you know, by doing this, we are causing this particular problem further on in the system. Uh, and it's it's very complicated, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, it, it, you keep on coming up against. It, it is just just complicated. Maybe we could take a, a, one of the posts we were reading, which is probably one of the, the um, easier ones to understand, is um, Kevin, who's on uh, Twitter, is at? Dog Tracks, D-O-G-T-R-A-X and he blogs at dogtracks.edgeblogs.org and he was talking about the gap between open and closed OER versus TPT, which is this system, teachers paying teachers and teachers paying teachers I guess is a, a site where you can put up resources you would make for your classroom and other people can pay for them through teacher so they're, they're, they're on, the, on a marketplace online that lay uh, you buy and sell stuff for teaching in your classroom, um, and also even I mean, the Times Educational Supplement does the same sort of thing. If you go to test dot com and resources, you can search for resources, and some of them on Tess are provided free, and some are provided um, at cost, and you can choose to pay for stuff, and it goes to the teachers who bought it. And I'm guessing that the site Teachers Pay Teachers get a cut um, which is your your bit about the um, you know who's providing that service but <laughs> the one of the we are talking earlier one of the interesting um, comments on this post by Kevin who's talking about the difference between sort of providing things open uh, openly and uh, Selling them, one of the the, the, the most sort of, I think cut to the quick um, was Stephen Downs, who just said um, 
His issue with teachers paying teachers isn't so much the commercial aspect, but rather the idea that teachers should have to pay for anything. I presume he means anything to do our job. We still probably mm-hmm. should pay for butter and milk. Um, <laughs> but, you know, why schools and school boards aren't paying for this? Uh, and I think that's one of the things that is quite interesting, um, that most teachers buy stuff for their their job that isn't really um, a common thing across other professions, I don't think. Uh-huh. And some of some teachers are now then saying, well, if I've got to make stuff, I may as well sell it. Now that, I, I, I think, gets you into a, quite a tricky position because if you make something as an employee in this country, it may be your employer claims the rights to that. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And if it's something digital, if you make it on a school computer, the, you know, the, the, the school, the school owns it. I mean, yeah, well, in my the, case, the same. The university yeah. would owns the the yeah. the, the um, what I tend to do for the things that I would want to uh, um, to make available to others uh, is that I tend to publish uh, in my own blog as uh, uh, with a with a, um, a Creative Commons license then I uh, bring it into the university system and I say previously published at, published at. and mm. that way then, well, they can do whatever they want to do. But uh, for me, what's more important, I guess, I guess that's the point really. We, each of us uh, find ourselves uh, reflecting and, and, and creating a sense of where we operate in this complicated mm. uh, um, um, you know, world. And, and, and for me, what's more important is that it can be available to those who are outside the uh, blackboard system that my university mm. has. And, and so that I, I manage it that way. So then if, if, if there's something of interest, I know that you know, other people could find it. Um, and it, it's not just limited to, uh, to, to blackboard. But, it's, it's, but I think that, you know, where it often, uh, this one often goes back to, um, what our values about what is the purpose of education, and I think part of you know, particularly when you're talking about the money and the commercial elements of it, the issue is really about you know uh, to what extent uh, should the the uh, a commercial model be put on something like education. I think that's what where where Doc Tracks kind of falls in in, in you know quite clearly because he I think he has a. Um, it's an ethical position that says education should be made available to and, and to everybody, mm-hmm. and therefore we should, you know, not be having all these closes, closed spaces. But the, the issue, and I think what that's that 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 sort of um, obscures, is that we are operating within a system that is not like that, and that I think enables. Ab- you know, abuse of uh, goodwill in all sorts of ways that you know we, we have, we ha- we have experienced and are experiencing in the context of how our data is used hmm. and how what we produce is used by by others who don't share the same belief system. Hmm. I think, I mean, I've paid for the odd thing on tests, for instance, uh, not teachers pay teachers because I haven't got an account there, but I've paid other teachers for a resource, basically for. The, from the point of view that this is going to save me some time, um, mm-hmm. this is going to save me some labour. Now, it's maybe something that my school, local authority or country should pay for, 
but they don't. So I, I, I don't really feel that that people who are producing that material and decided to sell it and sharing something they've made and to make some wee bit of money themselves. I don't think that's a a terrible sin they're committing or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm quite happy either to to choose or to to do so or not do so. Ideally, I would like the resources that are produced for teachers to have enough time to produce all the resources they need or and to share them. Um, and if you're making something and paid by, I guess, eventually the taxpayer, so they should be getting the goodness of that um, in, in that way, in some way. Uh, you are raising something really important in that, which is, of course, that... Uh, part of the reason why these places exist, and you know, and and we might choose to go and say, "Oh, I'm going to pay for some of that," or "I'm going." Um, part of it is because the system that we are operating within is uh, not sustainable, is not enabling all of the things that you are that you're listing that really should be part quotes of your job, hmm. which is having the time to create and recreate whatever you need so that you can meet the needs of your students. Having the time to say, actually, this could be useful to somebody else. I'm going to, you know, uh, generalize it and put it out there so that others can, could benefit. If the system was actually supporting that, mm. then things would be a lot simpler. But the point being that the more that we do these things on the edges, the less likely that the system is to change because we actually w then we are not within the system to resist all the pressures of commercialization which is basically what's happening hmm. you know we are we are being asked to do more and more in order to save money basically yeah and we're not able to do our jobs properly and using our own money in order to buy resources quickly because we may not have time I can see where, you know, I think I think it's um, Kevin also in the comments at some point, he just goes, I don't really have the answers. It's really complicated. The system is broken. It's like, you know, as, as people, as we start to talk about it, you just kind of take a deep breath and you go, I really don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, just to sort of sped away from that a wee bit, another post I was reading was about um, teacher Instagrammers who moonlight uh -huh. as influencers to make ends meet, which was was uh -huh. on was on BuzzFeed um, uh -huh. a while ago, and it, it's one teacher told BuzzFeed she was making uh, fifty thousand dollars a year as a teacher, but four times as much as that through Instagram, and um, because she had you know all these pictures of her interesting resources and posters and things, but also would, I guess, do product placement. Um. <laughs> oh, oh, my heart sinks. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I know I'm supposed to be understanding of both and positions, but no, can yeah. I just be clear and say, no, that's yeah. not for education. Well, I mean, that, that originally came up as a, as, as a thread in Audrey Waters' um, Twitter feed. And she said, "Teacher Instagram is terrifying um, <laughs> because uh, you know it's it's got a lot of, I guess, glamorous um, looking looking teachers uh, selling selling their wares. Um, so that's quite it was it was quite a fascinating uh, 
<laughs> well, it goes back to it does go back to that thing of you know uh, uh, which you know ultimately I it's, it's it's always the sort of bottom line which is that you know one does have to ask the question about you know the 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 whether. Uh, you know, capitalism and whether, you know, the sort of commercial model uh, business really um, should go everywhere. And and I think that, you know, at this point, there is no longer a question being asked. It's assumed that it is absolutely fine to, to mm. do that in some way because, well, they're making money and that way they can, you know, top up their income. Why not? Uh, but that's because you stop, you know, again, it goes back to this question of actually what... Uh, you know what is the, the the purpose of education, and, and should education in any way uh, be commercialized in the way that it is being? Which, of course, is the thing that Audrey always talks about—the way that everything gets. Well, I, I think technology can certainly invade a space uh, and make money out of it, and get people excited about things that are. Uh, They've been tried and tested by real classrooms before they mm. they put mm. it to us. Um, I was kind of interested in uh, on the Instagram thing I, I was involved with. Uh, I think I saw it on Aaron Davis's blog, uh, Australian educator mm. has got a fantastic blog. But uh, I kind of commented back and forward with him a wee bit, and he ended up saying, "I always feel weird in school about what's mine versus what's the departments, etc." So, you know, even within schools, people kind of hoard things. So I therefore find it best to share everything with everybody. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think that's the, the what the, the, you know, the, the going to the, um, the, the, you know, the best idea. I'm trying, mm. I've, forgotten, I've forgotten the word I'm looking for. Utopian, utopian idea about education, you know, that everything, mm. teachers would be paid enough and certainly I know that a lot of teachers in America seem to have not had a pay rise for a very long time um, mm-hmm. and uh, have to do extra jobs, one of which could be a, as an influencer on Instagram, I guess, to just make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, so we really need to be in the position that... We, are we doing? Yeah. Let's get ourselves on Instagram and become influencers. Yeah, it seems <laughs> unlikely. Uh, I always look at Instagram as a place to punt the odd photograph and uh, click, click a I few like us. I don't even have an account because yeah. because Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's another. Uh, that's uh, another. That's another. Another conversation altogether. Uh, but oh, along along the lines of. Um, uh, Facebook and all of this kind of, you know, the sort of things that quotes provide a system. We should uh, we should talk about the notion of um, this. Uh, what what was her name again? Uh, Kylie Kylie uh, Jarrett, uh, who wrote this book called The Digital Housewife. And in a talk that I was listening to, she was referring to a French researcher whose name I've forgotten. And, and, she, and, and she was talking about how she based her own research on the work of this French researcher who uh, you know, taught, looked at digital labor and used the um, metaphor of uh, the digital whore <laughs> 
to talk about some of the, the, the structural dynamics that were going on uh, when we interact with large corporations in, um, you know, online and, and the idea that, you know, a lot of these places are the equivalent of, uh, you know, the pimp that takes, you know, manage, gets your clients and manages and takes a cut. Hmm. And I must say, I must read more about this woman because I must say I thought the idea of thinking of Facebook and Instagram and all these places as pimps, you know, amuses me in a a very fundamental way. I think I need to to get more substance under my amusement. (laughs) Well, I think this idea of um, digital housewife is Mm -hmm. maybe quite interesting to look at because I mean there's been various people who have over the years said that you know people should be paid for being a housewife because you're actually generating income by taking the weight off somebody else so that they can make money in a a, a, quotes real sense Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so a housewife is actually part of the, 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 the means of production or something like that, you know, they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're part of it, although they don't get paid or even acknowledged for it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's quite a good way to look at some of these things that people do, the unpaid ones, the people who are um, yesayers for various technologies. Um, mm-hmm. They're almost mm-hmm. like housewives. Uh, they're doing the the publicity. They're building learning materials. They're, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. advertising. Um, and as I say, I mean, I, 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 what's interesting about that, and I would want—I mean, I do want to read a bit more about it—is that, of course, by overlaying that the, the model of uh, um, you know unpaid labor, basically, in the context of mm. you know the, the housewives of the of, of you know the, the idea of the housewife, and because it tends to be a kind of uh, Marxist and a feminist kind of critique, uh, it does then highlight uh, the idea that even when uh, something is done willingly, even when you're entering in something like this, into something like this, like say, you know, uh, I marry my husband and I decide to provide for the house so that, you know, he can go and do all this sort of traditional way. Uh, Well, actually, uh, I'm doing it willingly, but in doing that process, I am enabling uh, the exploitation. So it is both, this is what these people are saying, it's both exploitative as well as something that might be full of meaning and significance. And that's what makes it problematic, because you don't see the exploitative, because you're going, but I enjoy doing it. I yeah. love the product, and I really enjoy writing my blog. Hmm. And I really, you know, but actually, it, you know, if you really look at that, without you doing that part, the system wouldn't sustain. And I think that's that's the what's interesting mm-hmm. about part of these critiques, that they do kind of bring out the uh that just i think it's um uh fuchs fuchs f-u-c-h-s he does a lot of critiquing of uh, social media and he says you know just because just because something you know because you you volunteer to do something or because you're doing it willingly it does not make you know it does not make it any less exploitative (laughs) Yeah. And I do think there is something really important in that that often we minimize because it's a bit ugly to look at. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, it, 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 as we said at the start, I think this is a, um, we didn't say can of worms, but it is a can of worms. There's all sorts of things going all over the different places and it, 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 it's difficult 
to come to any conclusion. I think the conclusion, you know, is uh, is unpaid. Is it you know unpaid labour, good or bad for education? Being the answer being yes, still um, <laughs> volunteer labour is good, and it is it is there's, there's obviously some bad things, and I think that would go right the way through. I mean, it's like the idea of charity um, mm-hmm. taking over some of the jobs of government. Um, mm-hmm. Should 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 we be um, you know food banks, for instance, um, mm-hmm. are, are public donations? And should that actually be a job for charity, or should that be a job for government to do? Which which goes back, doesn't it? It goes back to the whole thing, which is uh, the the value system, the, the the ethics that we hold, and and of course, you know, we will fall in sort of different categories uh, depending of what our our um, ethical guidelines are and often we're not even consciously aware of what they are and until we get shocked by something like me by the teacher instagram we're going no <laughs> but you know that says something about my ethics i yeah. would say <laughs> and, but if that let's say i think it was oklahoman teachers were were in strike a while ago mainly to get more resources for the classroom but they hadn't actually had an increase in pay for 10 years um, which is quite a long time. It, you know, it's the same sort of long time as, as some local authority workers in in, <laughs> in Scotland, not teachers, but some of them have been waiting ten years to get rise. But there's that whole idea: should then should charities fill that in? Um, mm, mm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. where where does the, the fun you have in sharing an educational resource or creating an educational resource and sharing it freely, where does that you know enable the the system to be run? Mm, for yeah. less than it is uh, and maybe you know we do pay for other things in, in education that maybe wouldn't be paid for if we had to pay teachers for the creation of free resources uh, and I'm not saying that I have any idea of what the answer is for that um, oh sorry that's okay that was interesting <laughs> something something started to open up on its own <laughs> yeah this is, I think it sounded like computer reading things and that I think we're kind of petering out of this conversation Mariana and I'm just I kind of I think it's exhausting yeah but, but you have to think about so many things <laughs> the there's quite a nice photograph that um, you put in the notes which is a picture, it's a Banksy picture of, um, I guess, a housemaid in an old-fashioned housemaid's, and she's sweeping up the pavement and hiding stuff under the wall, which is pulling up with one hand as if it's like a carpet and we're sweeping something under the carpet. And I think it's not so much these things that maybe they have to some extent been swept under the carpet, but we sort of collude in keeping them under there, and it's maybe interesting to take them out and give them a wee shake, even if we don't get any answers <laughs> now and again. Uh, certain, certainly there's plenty for everybody to think about there. Um, well, I, and I am... One of the answers that I think you know we might want to come back to and explore maybe after we've read things in a little more depth that I thought was interesting, one of the people I, we were reading... Uh, talks about how often one of the things that can happen is that uh, because the um, the internet enables conversations across groupings, 
if we choose to look at things that way, there is a way in which part of the answer is precisely the bringing things out, you know, like just like that, that the picture that you're describing, you know, bringing things out rather than hide them, you know, bring, bringing them out and go, look, you know, my experience here is the same as your experience there. It's a bit like that. And then people can come together. And so that there is the potential for turning the very thing that is problematic into the means of resisting the power structures. But I don't understand enough to be able to say any more than that. But it sounds like an interesting idea, I thought. I think it certainly does. And it sounds like that's a very nice, positive way to wrap up the show. Uh, So... For me, I think that's that's a really good point to end on. That's a positivity. Uh, uh, Could we just stop there, Mariana, without going in, swinging back to the negative? That's a, <laughs> the internet by bringing people together has the, the the possibility of examining and solving some of the problems that it's that's digging up, maybe in a way that we haven't had the chance to do before. Yeah, so. Yeah. Hopefully, folks, if you're listening to this either live or on the, the the archive, there'll be something. I think there's something any day working in education across higher and lower can find of interest. The the show notes should have a bunch of links, uh, which we're working our way through, um, and I think it'd be valuable to anybody to kick off thinking a wee bit more about this, which Mariana has mostly gathered together. So I think I'll just say goodnight and hang up NiceCast if I can find it in this maze of windows. Yep, here we go. So I'm going to click say goodnight and click stop broadcast. Goodnight, folks.